Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. Morning. Morning. On this July 10th, 2023. That's right. Monday. Yeah, man. We, we're in that lull season. We got... Major League Baseball All-Star break. I'm wearing the Seattle Mariners hat in support of the All-Star. It's not All-Star weekend in Major League Baseball. It's All-Star weekdays, which I always prefer. I always like that. I like that the All-Star game during baseball happens during the week. Something about the summer. I remember being a kid and VHS taping the All-Star game so I could watch it when I got home from like swim meets and shit. It used to be a big deal, man. Yeah. I remember the first ever All-Star game that I forced my parents to VHS tape because I had a swim meet. And it became the first of like a few years in a row. Um, Bo Jackson and Wade Boggs went back to back. Correct. I was just fine. I was going to bring that up. I think back to back to start the game. I'm going to might have been in the bottom of the inning, though, because I believe it was in Angels Stadium. I'm going to guess. We're talking like 89, 90? 89. I think it was 89. Yeah. I, th- I figured it was around then. Because the, the Reds hosted in 88. It's a very boring World Series. I believe they won. I believe the American League won like two to one. And then was it 90 that it was at Wrigley? And that Where was did- like that was like their year under that was like that was like their first year under the lights. And they were like, well, we're going to play the All-Star game in fucking Wrigley this year because they finally have lights. It's crazy how long the Cubs held out on adding lights. Dude, it was it was the eight, it was the late 80s or the early 90s. Let's see here. They added lights. I got to look this up. Come on. This should be a simple lookup. When did Wrigley add lights? Yeah, 88. Yeah. And what August, year was the All-Star game there? August the 8th, 1988. Um, oh, no, August that... 8th, yeah. So I, I think I think it was 89 that was in California and 90 that was in Chicago. Let's see how close you are on this. Um, Let's see here. Not paying for this. Nope. Not paying for this. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, like, you can get a list of all-star game sites really easily. I don't think it's behind a paywall. Yeah, well, that's what I'm doing. All right, so the Cubs hosted it. Yeah, because 88 was Cincinnati. 89 was Anaheim. Good memory. 90 was Chicago. 90 was Chicago. So two years in a row, made my parents VHS tape it. I remember Julio Franco with a big... uh with a big RBI double in that game. And I remember because I was able to go back and rewatch it on VHS 
it was the premiere of the bow nose it was the first bow nose bow commercial bow nose football bow nose baseball bow nose the one with bo diddley i don't know if it was that one but it, it was it was the first of the campaign and it was the de- the debut of that like cross trainer shoe yeah and and i was like what the fuck just that was the best commercial i've ever seen and then i'm like rewinding it this is a great commercial yeah yeah so i the- have no mem- i cannot tell you what i had for dinner yesterday but i can tell you some mlb like late 80s early 90s mlb all-star game highlights that is crazy that like that's nuts that you know that i think i have this here i think this is the bonos commercial is this is this the one you're talking about this is the one don't i know you Nice shoe. This is it. Are you sure we haven't met before? Now, where's that tour de France thing? Nice <laughs> I knew I should have taken the right turn in Albuquerque. Have you ever been to LA? Dude, if I saw Bo Jackson in a surf lineup, I'd shit myself. This is a great commercial, man. It's still great. It's still great. What is he doing here? I thought this was another Bono's commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone see Let's just ball? point out that Tiger Woods stole Bo Jackson's golf fit. Nice shoe. Seriously. Nice shoe. You ever play with Bo Dilly? Well, there you go. Oh. That's brilliant. Oh, no, he, he didn't play in that one. He didn't. But there is a one where he... he is featured. That's why I said I didn't think so. So that debuted during that All Star game. Yep. It was a huge. I remember being like, "Whoa, Bo knows everything." <laughs> Just eleven year old Joe Prano watching an All Star game on VHS, and then and then and then my parents being like, "Fuck, what just happened?" I'm like, "Oh, we gotta go to the shoe store tomorrow." So I remember, so I read Bo Jackson's biography. So, so you figure, okay, this is what like you said, 1990. Yeah. So like, I'm like eight or not. No, but I read like the dumbed down. Oh, okay. Like a dumbed down kids. No, no. I read his actual one. I read his actual one because I remember. Is that a was kid. Bo knows Bo, right? I don't remember. I just remember. They didn't want to get explicit, but when they talked about him having sex with a lot of girls, they described it as sowing his wild oats. Yeah. And as like a third grade boy, I just didn't, I didn't understand it. I'm like, I don't know what this means. Whatever I was third or fourth grade, like sowing his wild oats. And I remember I had to ask him. Just picturing Bo Jackson walking around Kauffman stadiums, outfield, throwing oats around. Yeah, like I had to ask a brother, like, what does this mean? They keep referencing in this means chapter. Means he fucked, Andy. Yeah, like he's in college. Pussy. <laughs> yeah, Bo. I told you, I had a Bo, I had a Bo Jackson, I had a Bo Jackson poster in my room. Yeah, like people don't really like again. You this, Bo, did you have the Bo Jackson shoulder pads bat? No, poster? not the not the wow. famous one. I had a I had a Royals one actually. 
I know which one you're talking about. My brother had that one. That's the famous Nike black and white. It was the same guy who shot wings for Jordan. You know. Yeah. Again, I mean, dude, again, I know we keep saying it, but like the theme here is Nike is that was a brilliant commercial. Yeah. And they add the just do it at the end. Like Mo Jackson, if you it's see just that me showing up at my parents' room with like a handgun after then after that and being like, I need those sneakers. Just do it. And they're That's like, what I'm okay. saying. We'll get you the fucking sneakers. I was like, I want the black and silver colorways because that's his Raider shit. Remember how big the Raiders were? Yeah. Like everybody wore Raiders gear because of Bo Jackson. It was such a cool color. But what's fascinating is you see him there and he's ripped. But like he's just like every athlete in 2023. Yeah. As far as his his physique, but like back then, you're like, look at how ripped this dude is. Yeah, yeah. The All Star Game used to be huge, man. I mean, I remember, and I don't know if you saw this. Uh, a couple of dirt balls shared it with me, but Alan Trammell basically said that he was just like every player now, bigger, stronger, faster. Um, but I remember being like. There was a couple uh, posters and pictures and whatever that were showing like how big Daryl Strawberry was back in the day, like his biceps and shit like that. You look at Daryl Strawberry hitting like now, like you go back and look at his clips from the 86 Mets. You're like, the dude looks like Kevin Durant. He looks so fucking skinny. He looks so skinny compared to guys that are playing today. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It, it I mean, really is insane. Your your boy Dela Cruz is thicker than Strawberry was back in the day, bro. Is, is he the best player? To, like, is he the most fun player to watch? I mean, he's certainly up there. Hard hard to argue that Shohei Otani's not more fun to watch all around. But I I know, but there's to me there's something about, and obviously there's bias here. I could not tell you how many times I watched him stealing those bases. Like when he stole, I'm just gonna play it. When he stole, this is this is that whole inning. He gets the RBI single, steals second, steals third, steals home, all within two pitches. I mean, have you ever seen anything like this? Not really. I, I, I've never, I've never seen anything like this. Right. So he gets the RBI hit here, gets on. It's like guarantee he's gonna steal second. Not even really close, to he be gone. honest. He's gone. Boom, not close. And I don't know what happened, why nobody was covering third base. I want you to explain to me what happens, how he steals home. I still don't get this because there's no camera angle that I've seen. I know. I yeah, it is weird. I haven't seen it. I I I tried to look for a minute. Me too. Um it just it feels like the pitcher was just doing some some regular old pitcher shit with a guy on bail. Like, you know, you got the ball and he's uh he's fucking adjusting his hat. He goes to play with the pitch com for half a second, something like that. You know what I mean? But like this isn't even close. I mean, obviously the throw, you know, goes to the right and goes to the backstop. But like, look, De La Cruz takes off his helmet. Well, you it, can see the pitcher's waiting for the ball there. Okay. Right? And so the ball obviously got back to the pitcher and he turned around or something. Yeah, it's crazy. It's Little League shit. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly how you describe it. It's Little League shit. 
The dude just stole second, third, and home. I mean, can you imagine that body and that guy in 1990? Yeah. I mean, he's a freak now. He should be at the All-Star game. What do you think about that? I understand he's only played like 25, 30 games. Like, that's, that's what that's, the sport needs. Yeah, but that's the Reds, you know? They, that's the thing that's happening in baseball lately with these extra years of things. Like they, they could have brought him up fucking to start the year. He'd probably be there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that what sucks is because baseball is the way it is. If the, if, if it was in the NBA, he'd be at the all-star thing one way or the other, he'd be in the skills competition. He'd be in the, whatever, but baseball is just like home run derby game. Get fucked. Like unless, you know, unless he's going to hit off, you know, Jenny Finch, uh, uh, hit a ground ball past Lance Bass playing second base in the celebrity all-star. Like he's not fucking. Well, it's funny you say that. Showcase there. I see. We got a question. This is, I think is a good question. What would the MLB all-star skills comp be if they had one? Should they add one? What would that be? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it would be. Uh, like the like if I was and I have, but like when I was coaching kids, like we would do like contests and like you know elimination games and shit like that. It's just not fun to watch for a big like it's not fun to watch. Like, what would you do? You'd put. Machado and Arenado and whoever at third base and try to hit fungos like fucking glove side and see if they can make some diving stops. Like guys aren't going to do that. You're going to get hurt. Um, I don't really think that there's much that you could do. What Even about the, something with the bases like there? Like we have, we have like a, a some sort of base stealing or speed competition. It's not going to be fun to watch. Okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. Home run mascot home run derby. Okay. Each team, so there's 30 teams in Major League Baseball. They pick a player and they have to do the home run derby dressed as that team's mascot. Hmm. Interesting. So the home run derby, as it is, just as furries. <laughs> the furry derby. It's kind of got and, a good jingle to Andrew, it. Andrew McCutcheon would win that shit. No, no doubt about it. Have you seen this whole thing? What thing? Every year in Pittsburgh, and he was in Pittsburgh for a while, obviously left, and he came back. But years ago, he just tweeted furries. Because every year in Pittsburgh, in the summer, there's a furry convention. And then somebody <laughs> looked up. This is not a joke. Somebody looked up Andrew McCutcheon's stats when the furry convention is in Pittsburgh. And he's hitting, like his OPS is like... 2000 or something like that. Shut up. Like, yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Andrew McCutcheon just fully furry powered. Dude, I literally, no lie, into Google, I put in Andrew McCutcheon. The third thing that comes up is Andrew McCutcheon furries. Yeah. There's a, there's, there's Andy, a multi- I'm starting to think. Like you used to be the king of all social media. I know you're boycotting some of them now, but are you boycotting all of them? I'm not boycotting any of them. Where you been, buddy? There's that Andrew McCutcheon furries convention link. This is like the, this story could this this is like an Andy Ruther build a story. 
Oh, this is amazing. There's multiple YouTube videos about it. The furries host their yearly Anthrocon in Pittsburgh. I used to do a joke. I don't know if I've talked about this on the show, by the way. I used to do a joke. I did it like three or four times back in the day. And it's just like never worked, but feels like one of those ones that's worth bringing back. Like, how do you, my joke used to be, how do you figure out that you're a furry? Are you just at a game with with your dad as a kid and the Mariner and Moose walks by and you just get a rock hard boner? Dude, I used to love that joke. You gotta bring that joke back. Because <laughs> it is. It's weird. You're like, oh. You okay, son? It's like, who is that? Yeah, the Philly fanatic oh, that's the walks by. Suns, that's the Suns gorilla. I'm feeling all sorts of ways, dad. Yeah, you're five years old. You go take a picture with Mr. Matt. Next thing you know, you're rock hard. <laughs> you're like, maybe I'm really into this. Dude, listen to these numbers. And so this article. Your dad just walks into you jacking off to an old 80s compilation of the san diego chicken <laughs> i'm choking my chicken to the chicken dad every time you're at a brewer's game and they do the the the, the met or hot dog run you have to go to the bathroom yeah hey man why is steve always going to the bathroom when they put all those mascots on the field so this article was posted this year so obviously this is up to date McCutcheon has played in 15 games in Pittsburgh while Anthrocon, the furry convention, was in town. Listen to these numbers. During that time, he has a 419 batting average with an on-base percentage of 479 and slugging four uh, slugging 742. <laughs> I can't believe this is a thing. This is a, this might be one of my favorite. And he just tweeted stories. like the first time he just tweeted furries. That's it. That's all he tweeted. Furries. And people were like, what the fuck? What a crazy coincidence that he yeah. just crushes it. Now, do furries like I'm being serious. Dude, we've had this conversation. I swear we've discussed furries so many different times in this show. Do like do they ever get out of their suits for sexual gratification or are they just dry humping? I don't know. My here's I don't know if it's dry humming. I also wouldn't be shocked if it was like I mean, I think if you're a furry furry, like if you're full on, if you're a hardcore furry, like I wouldn't be surprised if there's holes. Like like a glory hole, but for a furry. Yeah. So that you can be fur to fur, but also skin to skin. <laughs> Oh my God. So Eddie, I think, was in Pittsburgh during one of those too. And he was uh, like, I'm sharing a hotel with the furry convention. Oh, so Eddie, here's a fun fact about Eddie if that a lot of people probably don't know. The dude refuses to ride elevators. So when we would go on the road together, he's one of those people. He's one of those people. And it's so annoying. Why? It, why does he refuse or why like is he phobia? Annoying? Is it just like a phobia? Yeah, it's a phobia. It's not like being in the elevators. So whenever we were on the road together, he'd ask for uh, a room on a low floor so that he could walk the stairs. And, you know, like a lot of times when you're like the, a performer somewhere, like you get a good deal. They're like, oh, we got you guys in like the suite at the top of the building over. And Eddie would be like, yeah, can we have a shitty fucking double queens on the ground floor? 
I'm afraid of elevators. I'd be like, you fucking cuck. Um, so he in Pittsburgh, they had him. I think it was in Pittsburgh. I'm almost positive it was the exact same convention. But in Pittsburgh, they had him set up on some floor. And he was like, I got to be on a low floor. And they were like, uh, okay. And they were like, we'll put you on this floor. But just FYI, it's like a furry convention on that floor. So he was sharing a floor with the furries. And I was like, can you imagine walking from the elevator to your room and just knowing behind each door, like a panda bear is getting fucking railed by like a moose? <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Like, do I want to know if they keep the top on and they take the bottoms off to hook up? I'm sure it's different. I'm sure there's a lot of dry humping that feels obvious. But I think there's gotta also be. Remember, like, remember, like, fucking old school pajamas where you're like one onesies pajamas. They had like a butt flap. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it it reminds me of the Chappelle show sketch when he they change families, the white and black family. And I don't know if you remember he when he is the white guy, he likes to make love between the penis hole. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's like, I, I like to make love with uh, the lights off with some soft music through my penis hole. <laughs> I love that Chappelle always would pick, the, like when he played a white guy, was the dorkiest dork of all yeah. dorks. Yeah. Sadly, I am going to probably do a deep dive in Google about this. Like about furries in general. I, well, I just now I need to know. I need to know how they they hook up. Yeah. That's That's what I need to figure out. Who knew? Who knew this Andrew McCutcheon thing? That's a that's a great little nug, I'll tell you. So back to the original question. You don't think they could do a skills competition? I I just, I mean, I don't think that they could do a skills competition that would be entertaining, really, in any way. I mean, you could probably get creative and do some interesting things, but I really don't know what it looks like. Yeah. Like, to me, to me. All right. Figure it out. Pretty lost his sound. This thing is so wonky. Yeah, take your time. I'm trying I'm to back. Am I back? Yeah. I was gonna say I'm trying to think of something they could do. Like I was about to say to me, and this is true. And if anybody has a hookup, major or minor league, like my favorite, one of my I would say top five favorite things in life is to shag fly balls. Like be at batting practice. Okay, I think you got. I think you got in the outfield and shag fly balls. Like a outfielders running down fly ball competition would be really fun to watch for me. Yeah, but like for the average, but like people get bored during this slam dunk contest. People are like, "Hey, uh, this is a six foot. You know, again, this is a furry, and I'm gonna fucking jump over." And people are like, "Boring, seen it." (laughs) <laughs> okay hear like, me out hear me out they shag fly balls but as their mascot <laughs> <laughs> so you have like mr red leg is out there competing against rosie the red competing against mr met competing against the philly fanatic i don't know basically more furries yeah yeah i don't know are you watching the home run derby tonight i'll probably watch it I'll probably tune in. I mean, my boy is, uh, is our soul until Kodai Senga got added as a replacement. 
Uh, Alonzo was our sole all-star and he is attempting to tie the record for home run derby winning, winning home run derby, I don't know, championships. Uh, I think Griffey has three and Alonzo going for three. And Alonzo matched up in the first round. Oof, now I feel bad about wearing this hat. But uh, the Mariners, Rodriguez, uh, J-Rod, will be his first round matchup. So, Yeah, that makes sense. Griffey has three. So we heard the all- – I feel like there's a lot of surprises, right? You follow baseball more than me. Aren't there a lot of surprises going on? In terms of? Or no. You got – did anybody see the Rangers in the lead? Nobody well, saw the Reds. I mean, I, I, certainly no one saw the Reds. The Reds are surprising. Three teams that I predicted I thought would be frisky and have turned out to be extra frisky. If you listen to the Dirty Slides preview, I predicted a frisky season by the Marlins, the Diamondbacks, and the Rangers. Now, the Rangers, more so than the Diamondbacks and the Marlins, have been making moves the last couple of years in free agency as we talked about on this show and on slides um laz's former skipper bruce bochi probably the biggest difference in in actually turning the team around when you add him to the mix of the free agent signings that they've the money they spent the last couple of years but the marlins and the diamondbacks being frisky can take a bow and uh say that i predicted um, no one saw the Reds coming. I mean, Reds fans will be like, I told you before the fucking thing. It's like, great. I also have fucking Pirates fans in my mentions and White Sox fans in my mentions and Cardinals fans and A's fans. Everybody can see we're going to have the worst record. Watch out for the Nationals. And I'm like, okay, guys. I also predicted the Mets were going to the World Series. We do this. So if you're a Reds fan, they're like, Reds are going to be sneaky good. Yeah, I know. And also, fucking, your Cavaliers are going to be sneaky good next year, too. We get it. You're a fan. So, the uh, well, here's what's interesting to me. And I think, again, we talk marketing a lot. So, Major League Baseball released the top-selling uniforms, right, at All-Star break. Mm -hmm. And this is from Major League Baseball's website. So, the top-selling jerseys at the break, in order, Acuna, Otani, Tatis, Judge, Altuve, Betts, Julio Rodriguez, Matt Olson, Alex Bregman, Mike Trout. That's your top 10. But even beyond that, there were some prizes. Like Joey Votto's 13th. Yeah. But here's the crazy number. Of the top 20, let's see here. Nine of the top 20 represent players, and that includes someone like Votto, born outside the United States. So I'm not surprised, but it also counters the argument that you can't market guys whose first language isn't English. It is right. unbelievably it, stupid that baseball has ever used it as an excuse, but it's also unbelievably stupid that baseball, and we've talked at the, about the shitty marketing that Major League Baseball does, Major League Baseball just stupidly like, dude, I don't need to hear any of these guys talk for you to promote the shit out of them. Yeah. 
Go back to fucking the Nike commercial. Bo said three words in that commercial. Like, dude, you take the Nike fucking marketing guy and be like, dude, market baseball for us. Shohei Otani would have a fucking commercial where he's pitching and hitting and he's fucking Godzilla stomping over fucking cities. Yeah. Why do we need to hear him fucking talk? And also, if you have creative people, you play that to your advantage, right? Let's let's say they don't speak English well because it's not their first language. Utilize like how can we exploit that to make something clever, funny, creative? But they don't. I mean, Mike Trout, obviously, you know, he's not on top of this game like he was compared to his own past, but I mean, I think it's telling too. Like he's tenth. He's also a South Jersey Eagles fan, so English isn't his first language either. <laughs> Wait until you hear the Taylor Swift call later in the show. Is he gonna set me off, bro? Is it a woman? No. Is it a male Swifty that called in? No, it's a dirtball whose girlfriend is a Swifty. Oh yeah. And he's like, he's like, I want to rant. I also like, he's just like, I don't know what to do with this. This wait until you hear like he's, he, he wants, let me put it this way. My just play. (laughs) Yeah. I was gonna say my girlfriend heard the call and she yelled out. Do women really do that? She literally like pop popped her head off the couch and was like, wait, this is a thing. Yeah, like whatever it is, and I don't even know what it is. I can assure you, it will not shock me that Swifties do it. Well, here's the call then. Hey, Andy. Hey, Joe. Uh, pretty random here. This is Greg Feldman from uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, here with the Mormons. But so my girlfriend tonight went to a Taylor Swift party. They listened to her new, I guess, version of her album or some shit. And they're all bringing like drinks and food that like relate to a certain song or an album or some shit like that. It's super fucking weird. But I was wondering, <laughs> uh, like, what you could, what you could like compare this to for like us, like a man, like how fucking weird that is. And also, I kind of wanted to hear Joe like rant about it. But uh, yeah, thank you. And condoms are for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so. I mean, the comparison so the, for a man is Waco, Waco, Texas. Oh, I was just going to say, it's dudes getting together and watching a game. Yeah, but come on. It's not the same. Like, you get together to watch. You you all go to a concert? Okay. Or, you, or her new fucking concert Netflix thing comes out, and you all get together for it. But you're all, you're br- like, I'm not bringing, like, Danny Dimes, yeah, donuts to the fucking Giants game, like, like it's nonsense. It's a cult, dude. It is a cult. I'm telling you, it's a fucking cult. So here's the thing, I uh, I hear that it, it it's I'm like fascinated by it because so you have women probably in their twenties, no thirties, forties. No no, 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 I know, but I'm saying like I I, I know. I know Greg's age. You know I'm Greg, guessing okay. Greg's age. So like Greg's yeah. probably in his like mid twenties. I'm guessing. 
late twenties. And it's like, you got these guys, you got these girls going to this house, which by the way, I'm not saying it's the equivalent of us getting together and watching a game. Cause it's not because the difference is they're listening to an album that's already been out and they're all sitting together. And like you said, they're bringing drinks to correlate with an era. So I went down for gold star, right? I had dude, th- the Swifty thing. You probably didn't watch it. I tagged you to fuck with you. Did you watch any of it? I saw I saw a clip or you sent me something. Uh, you you I think you texted me something. Or, okay. Yeah, I saw so, you you were there, and you got I saw you get the the friendship bracelets. So yeah, so right, Taylor Swift was just here, and the line was like insanely long just to get merchandise. So somebody at Gold Star had the idea. They like send me out, right? Hey, let's do some like. Man on the street. Family friendly man on the street. Andy, just pass out. We're trying to get the word out about the hamburgers. You just pass out hamburgers if they do an interview. So everybody was fine and like nice, but it's definitely a cult. It's it's like talking to people is fascinating because like the one the one girl I talked to who was all decked out, she's probably like nine or ten. She's there with her mom. And I'm like, Hey, is this a thing? And they're like, this is our third concert together. So I'm like, okay, so you're definitely passing it down generation to generation. But what I found fascinating was how insane and loyal. I've never seen anything like this from a fan base. And then I read an article, right? The Wall Street Journal did an article from the business side of her stuff. Like she's made... But this basically, it was explaining why her fan base is so loyal. She's made calculated decisions and everybody just loves it. Like she interacted with fans before it was a thing. That was one of the things is like, yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole thing about her. They have what is called a parasocial relationship with Taylor Swift. They, They think they're friends with her. Yes. And that's what it was saying. It was like Taylor Swift was interacting with people on Twitter before people were doing it. Taylor Swift was on Tumblr before people were doing it. And this has all created this vibe of everyone thinks they just know her. So like I was just asking people on the street, you know, for crossover content, I'd say, okay, try the burger. What does this, what Taylor Swift song does this remind you of? Thinking people are going to struggle it was amazing. Like teenage girls, younger, instantly. Oh, this song reminds me of blah, blah, blah. So, or this burger, blah, blah, blah song. I think of these lyrics when I take a bite in this burger. And I'm thinking like, how do you know how to just correlate this instantly? Mental illness. You know how like there's some people who taste colors and smell numbers and shit like that. Like that's That's what we got going on here. If at her concert she was like, "Ladies and gentlemen, the concession stands are now open. Free Kool Aid for everybody. It will kill you. We will all die here tonight. Everybody be dead. Everybody. It's a cult." But again, I know, I know, we're like spinning in circles. But I keep asking the same thing. I, I don't. You'll never understand it because you're not a girl. And she, she, this is a thing where it's like, 
she's she she's not like oh i'm just like writing these songs from the heart she's like i'm writing songs that like i know will trigger an emotional response from people so that they will fucking die for me she's poisoning the water so it's basically the lyrics and the message she's trying to get across yeah which is honey you are a bad bitch and if everybody doesn't know that it's because they're the devil everybody who doesn't think that you are a star a bright shining star the sun in the solar system is a misogynist hater and you're like oh my god they are misogynist haters i it's the most fucking like everybody has the main the most main character delusion every girl who listens to taylor swift thinks that they are the fucking main character meanwhile you're just the fucking dumb extra in the background is it like would this be an equivalent would it be what was the big thing oh, what was it called was it the secret what was the big thing that oprah yeah the secret where if you put it out there and you believe it it's going to happen is it kind of like that mantra? Like, but it's like, like it's like every Taylor Swift fan has like twelve followers on Instagram, and they're like, "All right, everybody, sit down. I've got breaking news about my relationship with Kyle. This is gonna shock the world." It's like, you have twelve followers. What are you talking about? So he, he invited a different girl to prom, and she's like, "Hold on to your hats, fans." And you're like, "Who? Who are you?" So I started following, I think you probably follow them, and it cracked me up because they always take digs at her uh, with memes. Is it on Instagram? Is it Trash Cam Paul? Uh, there's one of yeah, there's one of them that's I think it's Trash Cam Paul that takes digs at her. And after our episode, I started doing what you were saying, and I and I looked at the comments. You can't dislike this person otherwise you are a misogynist but it's but it's not even just that it's like all these accounts and then of course he he connects with other accounts any of these like big meme accounts on instagram that post anything anti-taylor swift do people go nuts it's 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 that what i find fascinating and then we'll move on is that like you can't make jokes and I don't, you know, as someone who likes to make jokes about everything, I don't like that. Like, you're telling me I can't make a meme? I just can't make a meme. A, a funny meme. A, Nothing's a of, funny about it, Andy. You think it's funny because you hate women. But it's not funny. Being a misogynist is not funny. She's a queen. And you shall bow before her. Or I will find you. And I will kill you. And you're like, you're 11. <laughs> well, this is a good segue to talk about uh, Wemby and Britney Spears gate. Yeah. What the hell? Bro. It was, Ken. Did you see the video? Yeah, I got it right here. Yeah. I it's, mean. It's. Why is she running after him? I think she she the story she told is she saw him somewhere and then she saw him again and she wanted to get a picture. 
And it's like, they're like, no one's, I guess the issue here is a couple of things. One, um, yeah, like he has his personal space too. Like you, just because you're Britney Spears doesn't mean you can run up to somebody. But I mean, look at it right here. She's trying to reach for him. Yeah. But the dude does smack her in the face. No, he, well, I don't think he does. He does. I mean, you if you watch, like, look, here it turns. is. They say he put his arm up. Yeah. And then she, which then pushed her arm back into her own face. You so see, you don't believe that? I mean, when you look at it, it looks like he goes to block her arm. Yeah. But in the follow through, smacks her in the face. Let's see. Like I mean, he she gets hit in the face. One or other. I mean, this is like this is like the equivalent of what is my brother my brother running down and telling my mom like I punched him in the face, and I was like I didn't punch him in the face. I made him punch himself. Like why are you hitting yourself? Why are you I feel yourself? like well, I, I feel like it's more of the equivalent of like is this a catch? Yeah. Be- well, e- either listen. Here's the thing. She just learned a lesson. Just because you're Britney Spears, you can't just like walk up to people like. You know, it's kind of like the Kesha. Remember the Kesha fucking Jerry Seinfeld thing? She's like, can I give you a hug? He's like, no. Like, you know, like, not. I'm funny. not saying I'm not saying that he's like a bigger star by any means than Britney Spears, but like he's a celebrity and he has security and he's obviously going to need it probably his whole life because he's seven foot five. So he's not putting on a ball cap, like fucking sneaking out to get a cup of coffee. Like if Britney Spears is out, at fucking wherever you can't just run up behind Britney Spears. Well, Her also, security is going to react as well. That being said, like, I mean, if you're going to be this dude's like security or whatever, like you got to have a protocol that isn't like smack a bitch in the face. Well, here's a legitimate question. I, and this, I saw this is what Robert Latow from black sports online was posting. He was posting some videos of himself talking about this. Like, do they even know who Britney Spears is? Does it matter? No, but the the point was like, she's obviously such a big deal for our generation. She's 40. Yeah. My point is like, she had made music in years. We all know she's been in the news recently for the conservatorship. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And all those things. But Andy, let me ask something. Do you know who Barbara Streisand is? (laughs) Like if Barbara Streisand was standing across from you and and I said, who Joe, is that? it's different. But if I said, who is that? I know. I'm telling you, I think the younger generation doesn't but like, know. Can, serious question. Can you name anything Barbara Streisand ever did? No, but if she walked in front of me, I'd say it's Barbara Streisand. Right. It's like there's some level of fame where it's like you don't know what you know her from. But like he, he, Victor Wembayama knows who Britney Spears is. You would think, but also he didn't even see her. She just ran up to him. Like, Forty-two no, million. No one, no one there looked at her. You know what well, I mean? It was just some crazy girl running up. She looks crazy. Yeah, she's uh, bro. There's a lot of fucking craziness going on in Britney Spears. A lot of people think she's already dead, and this is an imposter that's running around. What? Yeah, dude. You want to go on a deep dive? What? Yeah. 
all her like dancing at home videos happen in front of like a green screen and shit. Like none of the background in the fucking for real. Moving. Yeah. Bro, like well, I'm telling you, I know you got a kid now, but like when the, when you're rocking the kid to sleep, you don't get on social media anymore. Yeah, I do. I always find out about movies and the history. I told you, I'm addicted to the all about movies feed. Even like, after like somebody was like, eh, most of that's bullshit. You're just like, ah, uh, well. Well, that was one. Yeah, but <laughs> that was that was one movie where where the actor was like, "Hey, I don't know if all this is true." But they also said, "I love your account." I um I I haven't seen this no, and which is funny because I kind of during COVID I kind of turned I was like low key looking at her account a lot because I was so fascinated by the craziness. I'll send you some stuff later today. Well, my girlfriend was telling me, she's like, yo, man, like the whole Britney thing, because she knows she like follows this stuff. She was like, the whole Britney thing, it's kind of been revealed since. And I'm sure Britney people will be triggered by this. Like, she probably still needed that. Like, she's so crazy. The whole conservatorship, it's like, because she's still nuts. Yeah. That, but I mean, she's not hurting herself or as far as yeah, we know yeah, yeah. or like whatever, but. Yeah, she's clearly crazy. Well, who wouldn't be, dude? You become a child star at 12. Yeah. Like like that success rate of not being, you have like a one in 10 chance of not being crazy when you're a child star, right? I mean, how many child stars turn out normal? Yeah. It's few and far between. I just, I, I still don't know. Like, I don't know if, if when she's running up there, the, the thing is, is like somebody's even, like, Hey, it's Britney Spears. What are you doing? Yeah. But even, even that, like, I guess the thing is, let's say you're in Vegas and you're with your girlfriend or whatever. You're in Vegas. It's midnight. You're drunk. The fucking guy. And you just like, I want to get a picture and you go running. I still don't think you can just like backhand somebody across the face, basically. Yeah. Like, just like, just like, there's ways to handle it. Well, it's like but uh, that isn't her getting like cold cocked. Yo, 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 Britney Spears, back up. If I was the time I know who you are. That was the time I walked up to Chris Rock in Vegas. He was pissed. This was they used to do the comedy festival. I think the first time they ever did it was in Las Vegas. It's 2005. And I saw him walking through Caesars just by himself. Not late or anything, just like middle of the day. And I didn't like, I didn't run up to him. I wasn't like Brittany, but like I walked up to him just as he's walking. And I was like, hey, man. And this was right when I was getting into comedy, not like performing and everything. And I was like, hey, I just walk up. I was like, hey, man, just want to let you know, huge fan. You're like one of the main reasons I got into comedy. And he didn't stop it. He just kept walking. And I, I didn't ask for a picture. I didn't ask for anything. All I did, I was reached out my hand and just, just I'd be like want to shake his hand, like yo, man, huge fan. Dude, he did one of those like limp wristed, like get the fuck off me. And I was so pissed. And then he just kept walking. And I remember just thinking, like, yeah, he could have had a bad day. He could have not wanted to deal with me, but like honestly, that that shit goes so far for me too. It's like, do you like I, I'm not really like I don't approach people really like I don't whatever, like especially being a comedy, like, but 
when I was young, I was like Adam Sandler came up and introduced himself to me at a comedy club and fucking started talking to me and was like the nicest guy ever. But, but and that was my thing. And now the thing is, is like if you walk up, if you if you're like driving down the street and you're like grown up sucks, Adam Sandler's a fucking hack. I'll pull you out of the car and beat you to death with a fucking monkey wrench. Like you do not talk bad about Adam Sandler in front of me. We will fight. But that was that was why I was all bummed because I was like, look man, I didn't I wasn't aggressive. I didn't have to all like I'm literally saying you are one of the reasons I do I want to pursue this job. And you literally said, fuck you to me. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Which is like, again, I understand somebody has a bad day. They don't want to talk, but it's also like you're Chris Rock. You're walking through a casino by yourself at like five in the afternoon. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah. So I mean, all he did was limp wrist you. He didn't backhand you in the face, dude. <laughs> no. He had the ashiest hands, dude. Oh, I'll always remember that. I want to be like, yo, man, get some fucking lotion, Chris. Yeah, bro. You're rich. And then and then I saw, yeah. And then the funny thing is, then I saw Chappelle, not in person. I saw I saw him live. I paid to see him live at Caesar's Palace the uh the next night. So I don't know. I mean, it's even even Chappelle, like. Dude, obviously, I was at the Comedy Cellar recently, and the Comedy Cellar, for people who don't know, like, you know, and and it is truly why, like, to be at the Cellar in New York and work there, like, I, it's it's one of the few things that, like, I feel honored to do. Like, it really feels like for all the people who have the fucking specials and the TikTok, blah blah blah, and the whatever. It's like when you're sitting at the comic table in New York, no matter what your fucking TikTok following is or whatever, you feel like you're in it. You feel like you've you've made it to some extent. I mean, Chappelle came in and obviously, again, like being at that table, you are uh, you are at a certain level. But he came in to do a spot and like, you know, was was talking to the manager about like which of the rooms because they have like five rooms now that he he could pop into first. But like he walked over, he was like talking, having that conversation. Then he walked over to the table and just like fist bumped everybody that was sitting at the comics table. Just yeah. like a yo, we're all comics. What's up? Exactly. And it's like, dude, you, like, I wasn't gonna go. I wasn't gonna go up to Dave Chappelle. Sure. If no, he I was standing either. there and be like, oh, hey man, big fan, like, whatever. Um, but he came over and did, it, and you're like, all right, that's cool. You know, respect. well, there's a there's there's a camaraderie. Yeah, but not everybody's like that. No, for sure. Like, if Dane Cook got hit by a car, I'd fucking I'd, I'd go put fucking, you know, I'd go put his old albums at the spot and be like, yeah, that's what's up. Like, like, like there are dudes where I'm like, fuck you forever, man. I used to love him back in the day. Of course I did. I mean, he had some good bits back in the day. Like, like I mean, when I was like in college, but also like, you know, I've, I have experiences with these guys in comic clubs and you're like, dude, if I'm the host of a show and you're or if dick, I'm like, whatever, yeah. and you're a dick to me. It's like, dude, you're dead to me. No, I get it. Like Chris D'Elia one time when the fucking he did a spot and I was hosting, he left his phone on stage and like I went up and he was the last act and I took his phone off the, the stool. I assumed it was his because he was the last person to go on the whole crowd's filing out. And I was like, oh, I'll just go give this dude his phone back. And he came storming back into the fucking room. 
And like, I was like, Hey man, I, and like, before I could even say, Hey man, I grabbed your phone for you. He just like snatched it out of my hand and like turned around. Didn't say thanks. Didn't say whatever. Now, obviously he was probably worried that a Snapchat from a 14 year old was about to pop up on the screen. Sure. But, um, but it's like, just be like, Oh, thanks for grabbing that man. Thanks for not letting an audience member just take my phone off the stool. Yeah. That's dick. So when his shit came up, I was like, good. Fuck you, dude. You ever watched that YouTube documentary on him, the Crystalia problem? I've seen I've seen a couple of moments. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, it's it's fascinating that like he still continues to work. Like with with all the damning evidence. Well, that's well, I, I shouldn't say it's fascinating. Money talks. Clubs are basically saying you're gonna sell it out. Also, that's uh, and like I, I really don't want to go on to like a whole political yeah. fucking thing right now. But like there is a thing for sure now, and I've seen it when it comes to saying something, and it feels like when people do something, they do it as well. But there is like a portion of the population that was is like so anti cancel culture that they that if something comes out about somebody and like you know cancel is like in the air they go now i fucking love that person now i, I fucking that. stand that person it's i like, can see that and and i think what it is and if you see you can see this in comedy is like if and like i hate to say it because it's happened to some people i really like but like sometimes when something comes out and all of a sudden people are talking about hey man that wasn't cool or whatever like i, I to me i think you just like just like don't say anything you don't you don't have to have that moment and then be like, yeah, you're right. Fucking cancel culture sucks. And then you like lean in so hard to like cultivating like a very specific kind of audience. You know, like I used to love Owen Benjamin back in the day. The dude lost his mind and is now just like fucking like the shit he says. But it's like He's he crazy. saw he saw that the support was coming from a certain type of thing. So now he's doubling down on all the thing that those people love. You know, yeah, and no, it's like, for sure. and it's like you don't have to do that. You you don't have to apologize either. You could just be like, like fuck you. Like I am what I am. You know what I mean? It's like, but these you see these people, and they like this this the second people start sniffing around, they'll just they'll just go full lean into the the people who support them, which weirdly are always like kind of like nut jobs. Well, it, well, and, and then we'll move on to this this NBA plan term. But I, I felt like from what I've seen from his following, you talk about Taylor Swift. I think it's very cultish too. Yeah, we, I'm saying he has a dude. If you look at his replies, ever there's a lot of women support, man. Uh, for him, it's very cultish. But he got thrown off. Like this is kind of what I'm saying. Like he got thrown off Twitter at one point for like aggressively using the N word repeatedly. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was talking about Crystalia still. Oh, 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 that's a whole other fucking. Sorry, I was talking. To, I, I was saying yeah. like, I was saying like, his cult following, if you look, is like very devout female too. And you're yeah. like, this is interesting. Yeah, it's almost like a brainwashing. But anyway, so you inform me of something I somehow missed. Again, speaking of missing some things, that the NBA is going to do a play-in tournament. I love that. I'm t- like, I had to break the news to you today that. 
Uh, Britney Spears has been replaced by a clone. Andrew McCutcheon dominates when the furry's in town. And there's an NBA midseason playing tournament. Am I, do, do I stick over the rundown? No. Good, because I won't. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, I'm, I'm off my game a little. Well, we, we are going to do another big announcement after this. Yeah. Involving our thousandth episode, which I am aware of. Huge tease. Huge tease for the thousandth episode. Anyway, it's I'm not just gonna, what you guys think. No, we're doing a little pivot. I'm going to just play the video of Richard Jefferson because I haven't even looked into this explaining the playing tournament all right everybody the nba first ever in-season tournament is now official but how does it work like this first up is group play all 30 teams will be split into six groups three from the east three from the west with a random draw based on last year's regular season records each team in a group plays each other one time a total of four games two at home two on the road one, two, three, now those games happen tuesdays and fridays in november so set your calendar basically these regular season nba games also count as tournament games now in each group, the team with the best group play record after those four games, they're moving on. The team with the next best record in each conference, those two are the wild cards. Always watch out for the wild cards. Now, we get to the knockout round. Eight teams, single elimination, and you know what that means. Win and move on. Or lose, and you're out. And the last four teams standing, guess what? You're headed to Vegas, baby. That's right. In Las Vegas, the semifinal battles will get us to the championship game on December 9th. Two teams in a winner-take-all final to be named champion and be awarded the first ever NBA Cup. Come on now. Look, there's a lot to look forward to this season. Players on new teams, rookies new to the league, and teams just looking to make some noise. And the NBA in-season tournament is going to be a can't-miss, must-see, high-stakes, high-level competition. And if you're a hoops head just like me, I promise you, you're going to love it. Pretty smart. Pretty smart. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like, question marks or, like, I mean, it's all out there, so I guess not question marks. But there's a lot of things that, like, kind of, like, don't make sense. But I, I've, first of all, I love it. Because why the fuck not? All you guys... Like the internet is such a fucking cesspool of bad opinions. The same people who are like NBA regular season doesn't matter. Uh, this is just a way to steal fucking money from fans. Like, pick a fucking lane, dude. The NBA regular season doesn't matter, so let's make some fun thing that happens in the regular season. And then you're you're pissed off about that too. Um, but the 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 thing. Okay, couple things. One. The last eight teams, the ones that go, they should all be in Vegas. Why are we just doing two? Why are we just doing three games in Vegas? Like, make it the last eight. Yeah, that's that's neither here nor there. Whatever. That's fucking. That's bigger bases in baseball. Like, I care, but not that much. Two, um, the winners get this cup, and everybody on the team, I think, gets five hundred grand or something like that. It should for sure factor in to the postseason. It should be like, if you're not already one of the playing teams, you're automatically in. like th- this should be this should get you in if you wouldn't otherwise be in because now this is a way to like, okay, 
show me. It's a fucking tournament. Yeah. Like if the worst team in the league can win this tournament, they should be rewarded for something other than just like, Oh, we're playing regular season because if it has no implications like that, you get an extra home game. You're you're automatically in to the play in if you're if you wouldn't otherwise be in something like that. It's like what's to stop the one seed, the two seed in each conference from being like, fuck it. Why do we don't want to play those extra games? Yeah. Well, I think this is obviously teasing Vegas or teasing Vegas up for a team, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, Dude, you come- I mean, the, just even this year with the sphere and Wemby, yeah. like the, the summer leagues already, but like I've already seen more summer league clips on sports center. And I watched sports center for half an hour last night than I'd ever seen clips before. Yeah, no, they are. And everybody's talking. Obviously Wemby had a, had a shit first game. He played well in the second game. The, the point is like, everybody's talking about it. Like you said, they're playing it in Vegas. They're they're just they're teeing up a team in Vegas. Yeah, I just thought a, a missed opportunity for it not to be worth something. Where you go, fuck, dude! In the middle of the season, like we could just get a free pass, a free pass just to the play in. If you weren't a if you weren't otherwise a playoff team, that's like, by the way, that's like six teams in each conference. If you weren't otherwise, you are automatically, if you weren't otherwise, you're automatically the 10 seed in your conference. Yeah. It's just that easy. Well, the tournament's going to be pretty early, too, and I get that, but, like, it's going to be early in the season. That would be my counter to what you're saying. Yeah, but, I mean, it's it's only in November, right? Yeah. So it's like, imagine it's November. Imagine you're the Lakers last year, and and you're, you're in November. You start the season shit. And you're just LeBron James, like, oh, I have to take over. A, I just have to give everything for a week of basketball, and I and I'm guaranteed I'm in the play-in. Let's fucking go. Yeah, I guess I guess my point is the counter would be like it is so early that teams haven't gelled yet. This was that was all I was saying, but I get it. I mean, look, it's it's obviously it works for soccer. It's yeah. worked well for soccer. Why not take something that works and just try to implement it, you know? Yeah. So Pop signed a five-year, $80 million deal to continue to coach for the Spurs. So he's not retiring anytime soon. Obviously, he's got Wemby now. So that's motivation right there. Yeah. I, dude, I stand by what I say, though, man. I'll, I'll, we'll see. I stand by. I think Spolster is the best coach in the NBA right now. But now Popovich has a great young player, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still I'm still gonna lean Pop for a couple of reasons, 
but the number one being and 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 Spo did a great job last year with all the guy, all the undrafted guys, but like everybody talks about those Spurs teams, like everybody acts like Tim Duncan came out and Tim Duncan everybody knew Tim Duncan was gonna be great, but everybody acts like Tony Parker came in the league a Hall of Famer, Manu Ginobili came in the league a Hall of Famer. You're like, dude, I don't know. Those are great examples of guys like. I don't know if those guys are fucking anybody. Yeah. If like, I'm sure they're, they're great basketball players and they're contributors, no doubt about it. And I think they'd have had great careers, but I don't think those guys are who they are. Hard to say. I mean, it feels real like Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, you know, it's like he came into a great situation. Like when Tony Parker left, it wasn't great. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, that's for sure fair. And listen, I mean, suppose getting these guys contracts and getting these guys huge minutes and moments in the NBA finals. But like when Tyler Hero is a first ballot Hall of Famer or fucking (laughs) Vincent's a first ballot Hall of Famer, then we'll fucking. I just think, I mean, the system, and it never fucking changed. You know, it's just like, this is how we do it. This is what we're going to fucking do. Yeah. Here we go. No, I get it. No, I for sure get it. So we mentioned it earlier. We've discussed at length what we're going to do for a thousandth episode. All the dirt balls were saying, hey, do something in Vegas. We had kind of spitballed through the episode. Maybe we'll run a giant suite. We'll invite the dirt balls. We'll do a live taping. Vegas seemed to make a lot of sense. And then... I got a. I, I had reached out to somebody, someplace that I had performed before, and said, "Hey, I want to come back and uh, do shows." And I said, "In fact, I want to come back this specific week in December because my Giants are playing in town." And they wrote me back, "We would love to have you. Any chance you can do a live podcast? Maybe we can do a whole thing." And I was like. Oh my God. That's like a week before our thousandth episode would be. We are literally trying to figure out where the thousandth, it's hard for me to say thousandth. That's the most Andy Ruth I've ever had. One thousandth there you go. episode. Um, I was like, it was this a week before we'd be looking for a place to do a podcast anyway. I think that's a great idea. So I ran it by Andy and I was like, Andy, what do you think about going to this? city and doing a live podcast i'll headline some stand-up shows maybe andy will perform maybe andy will host maybe oh, andy wow will... come, out of, come out of retirement who knows also we'll go to a giants game and we'll drink and party with the dirt balls and honestly in my opinion the best party city in america better than new york Better than Las Vegas, better than Miami, New Orleans, Louisiana, Nolens. It's on December sixteenth, a week before we would have recorded one thousand. Comedy House, New Orleans, sixteenth of December. Podcast in the afternoon, two shows at night. Giants at Jameis on Sunday. 
how early does the balls get there? They get there late Thursday. They get there Friday. Doesn't matter what time you get there. I can tell you one thing: the bars are open. Well, it just makes sense, guys, and I agree that you can't have a better city than New Orleans as far as the party situation. And Joe and I discussed at length. It's actually way more ideal because, guys, l- l- let's just play this out. If we're in Las Vegas and there's 20 of us or 25 or whatever, let's just, I'm just tossing out numbers and we're all trying to go out together, you can't just sit at a craps table in the casino. Like it, it's, it's, it's from like a logistics standpoint, it's kind of a pain in the ass. And Vegas is so big and so spread out. Now you take New Orleans, we can all pub crawl together like we did in you Chicago. On a fucking streetcar. Yeah. A streetcar like, named Dirtball. Yeah, so I like that. So I think it just makes more sense. Now, obviously, it's a different part of the country, but who doesn't want to go to New Orleans? And and if you were going to go to Vegas, you have New Orleans. There's, by the way, there's a casino and, in New Orleans. And who doesn't like the food? The food oh is God. Honestly, I've talked about this before on this podcast, and I don't, I don't, I wasn't just saying this jokingly just a second ago. To me, it is the elite party town. Music, food, booze, open all night like Vegas, very walkable, very public transportation fucking thing, very central, uh, great weather. You're not like when you're on the, when you're in Vegas, forget the weather, but like you can't just like go, like walking the strip is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. You got to leave someplace, go in some fucking place. The be- also not next to each other, the casinos. Yeah. New Orleans, you fucking, you, you take your drink. Hey, can I get this to go? Yeah, you can. Actually, <laughs> you walk into other fucking things with your drink. And, and if you talk people watching, like Vegas has its people watching. Come on, man. Not compared to New Orleans. As far as yeah. like, you know. And and also for me is and also the people when you talk about the people when you go to Vegas, it's all tourists. Everybody's a tourist. like the people you're watching are tourists in New Orleans. The locals are the best, man. We go to a music show. We go to fucking port a call and get burgers and tiki drinks. We go to Comedy House New Orleans, which is a great little club, perfect size for a dirtball meetup. Um, so the details as far as the shows. Uh, will our uh, tickets, all that stuff will be coming soon. I've got a phone call to sort out the details with them, but the gist of it will be afternoon podcast, maybe a little couple hour break or something like that. Early show, late show. And then the show hits the road. We go out and I could be wrong. I don't want to jinx it, but I would assume everybody, you know, we talk about ticket prices. Usually they're lower within this range before and after Christmas. Yeah. Right. So like December 16th, they should be lower. And here's the deal, guys. If you have to fly, like I get it's going to be harder to bring people. But like if you're within a driving distance, grab a crew, man. Yeah. Like who and, doesn't, and, uh, one who thing doesn't I, a party in New Orleans, even real quick, I was going to say, Joe, and then you can say, it. even yeah. if like you got a couple boys who don't listen to us, yeah, who doesn't want to go to New Orleans to party? Yeah. But like, come to this, come to this comedy show in New Orleans. Uh, and, and here's something I know for a fact. Okay. I haven't been to, um, the death star yet. I haven't been in the new Vegas stadium. 
Um, but I know for a fact, because the Giants are there in November, and I'm going to be going to that game. Tickets for the game are insane. Vegas tickets are crazy. Dude, I sat 40 rows up in New Orleans for like 100 bucks a couple of years ago. Interesting. And that stadium was, dude, going to the, like, uh, this is just, again, kind of the thing in New Orleans versus Vegas. Going to the game in Vegas would be everybody leaving some casino we're in and getting in an Uber. Dude, I rode a bike to the Superdome and parked outside. And we we did a pub crawl on the way there. We stopped at this great barbecue restaurant within the shadow, within the fucking uh, 150 yards from the stadium. A barbecue got fucking smashed. Went out and locked our bike up. And it was like, it was like Mardi Gras outside. People were partying outside the stadium in bars. Like this, this stadium is in the city, New Orleans or in Vegas. It's in the city, but it's like, it's in the part of for the stadium, you know? Yeah, no, it's, you're right. I, I know exactly where it's at. Plus I, you know, for, for someone like me, I, I mean, I've to experience. I'm not dope. even trying to really sell anybody on the Vegas versus New Orleans thing. It's just like, to me, when they offered it, I was like, Andy, this is a no brainer. This is a no-brainer. Yeah, we got to do this. Randy Ruther is fucking turned. Randy better be there. I mean, look at this. He's texting us. Let's Randy fucking go. Randy better be there. I'm a thousand percent in the city that Burrow built. The city that Burrow built. Yeah, dude. There's and and let's let, let me just say this right now. Uh, I appreciate the uh, thousandth episode Reddit page uh, thing we did. Let's start a new one or bump that one to the top. New Orleans, 1,000. Start the thing. Get your shit in there. You know, obviously, we'll get a head count when we start doing tickets uh, to the podcast, to the show, whatever. But just like Randy did right now, like, go to the Reddit, go to Twitter, go to Threads, go to Instagram, go to TikTok, go to wherever we have an account, and just shoot us a message in are you in? Because I have never, honestly, like, dude, the Chicago drop-off beat-up was exciting. The pitches were exciting. New Orleans is, like, my favorite city in America. Outside of maybe New York. I yeah. love New Orleans, dude. I might move there. I might move there before this. I'm going to be like, come in. This is a podcast in my house. Well, there you guys have it. You got five months. I mean, that's a good thing. So, December 16th. So you have about five months to figure it out. Talk to your significant other. Take some time off. Yeah. But but again, we're we're ideally looking to do the 16th, like the 16th, which is a Saturday. So you could even fly in on a Friday. For sure. I was just telling Andy, I was like, if we can get dirt balls out there, I mean, it's kind of Christmasy area time. People get time off. Like if you get there Thursday night or super early Friday, they do this crazy good history of New Orleans drinking bike tour. You go to fucking 10 different spots and you get a drink and they, t- they talk to you about the history of New Orleans. I was like, it was so fun. But there's a million things like that. Like we're doing dirt ball trips to get beignets. We're doing fucking late night casino runs. We're fucking we're bourbon. Imagine the dirt ball. You think bourbon streets fucking sketchy already? Wait until there's a parade of dirt balls walking down. 
It's gonna be the first time ever. Nora's like, okay, this is this has gone too far. Flashbacks to some of the other dirtball meetups. I'd set the over under on a dirtball getting arrested. Are we gonna set that at a half or one and a half? Oh, it's got to be one and a half. One. Andy, Randy just texted us. I'm getting arrested in New Orleans. He just texted us right now. True. Yeah, I'm, we, I'm, I'm setting I'm setting the over under on hosts getting arrested at 0.5. Okay, let's do it. All right, well there you guys have it. Reach out with any questions. We're gonna do one quick call. Speaking of a throwback, B Indigo shouting out to us on the hotline 310-359-8365. What's up? What's up? Uh... Quick call, real quick. Hopefully, I make it on the show today. But I just wanted to say, uh, Prano's right. Like, we should definitely be uh, Central Time in Ohio. Central is way better. And like, man, you get you get football earlier. Like, I don't like waiting till one o'clock and all that shit. Like, Central's way better. We should definitely be Central. Uh, what else I want to say? Oh yeah. Uh, that dude that called in talking about he like the Browns and the Reds. We don't accept you, bro. You can't root for Cleveland and Cincinnati. I don't care where you're from. Like we ain't we ain't going for that. So whatever your name is, uh, you ain't no Reds fan. Uh, Condoms for that guy. And I'll vote for you. Pray no if you uh, make us central. Okay, so beat to the indigo. I mean, the thing with uh uh the the Reds. Brown saying real is, quick, he DM'd us. I know, I, I don't remember what it said, but I remember there's some saying sort of where he lives. So he says, I, I live two hours and 15 minutes north of Cincinnati, and I'm two hours 45 minutes west of Cleveland. So he's yeah. like somewhere in between, right? But how does that work? How do you decide? Because I was we were just talking about Randy Ruther, Randy Ruther, a Cavs fan, although he kind of also travels with LeBron, but. Cavs fan, Bengals fan, because there's no Cincinnati NBA team. Sure. Uh, but like there is a Cincinnati football team and a Cincinnati baseball team and a Cleveland football team and a Cleveland baseball team. So how did this happen? Like if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, I get that you're like, oh, I'm a Yankee fan or I'm a Blue Jays fan or whatever. It's like there's no Buffalo baseball team. Yeah, well, that part is definitely odd. Also, what a weird thing for a guy who's like, I mean, in in modern history, I mean, also historically, I mean, just the Browns are as much of a train wreck, if not more of a train wreck than the Bengals. They're more. They never even made it to the Super Bowl. Browns have never played in a single Super Bowl. Right, right. But, um, and then vice versa. Cleveland's been more successful in recent history than the Reds. Reds. You would think if you're like, if you're like 25 to 30 or if you're 20 to 30 years old, you'd be a, you'd be a, an Indians Bengals fan. (laughs) Yeah. You a blue jackets fan too, bro. Yeah. They're cause they're the only reason I know that he's like, I'm not bandy Andy. I only picked the worst of the two teams. (laughs) Yeah. That that is that would be the one advantage of Central Time. I never thought about that. It's just games getting over earlier, games yeah. starting earlier. I mean, but, that's honestly 
I'm not going to lie. There's, there's a lot of talk historically in the last couple of years of me being like, okay, you know, with, with COVID and with like all the things, but, but you know, comedy, it's like, is LA the place to live? Do I move to new Orleans? Do I move back to New York? But it's like, dude, West coast football, 10 AM football start. It's hard to get rid. It's hard. It's hard to quit that. It's really, it's like, it's a, I would say it's a top five, at least major factor in me still being on the West coast. Hmm. Yeah. Well, New Orleans, you beat central. Yeah. Stand up, surfing, weather, football star time. Stop four. Yeah. Those, uh, can we just talk about if Jameis is starting that game, Andy? Do you think, James, I mean, if Jameis is starting by December, what bonanza that would be? He's not starting. He could if, if Carr plays terribly. Or if Carr gets hurt. I mean, Jameis 101 will uh, lose his mind. Are you checking in on Jameis 101 right now? Damn right I am. His last tweet, just Jameis doing what Jameis does, staying about his father's business and try striving to be a saint in re real life. This is from a, he's quoting a news article. Jameis Winston can comforts a fan after her mother's death. And then the post underneath that is a pro Le LeBron James post. Yeah. So Jameis went on his LeBron stand. Oh, this is a great theory about hard knocks with the Jets. Should have been the Saints. This is what Jameis quote tweeted. But Dennis Allen didn't want any eyes on Jameis outplaying Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like the epitome of a Jameis one-on-one. That's amazing. Yeah. That, that's that was... amazing. That is the epitome of a Jameis one-on-one tweet. What if we met Jameis one on one? What if he was at the game? Yeah, he won't be because he lives in Tampa, Florida. That's right. I know exactly where you live, Ethan. That hasn't changed. All right, give us a ring 310 359 8365. That is a hotline. We are on all socials. That's right TikTok, Instagram, threads, Twitter, all at the dirty sports. I'm not saying threads is better. I'm just saying I just checked. And at Jameis one of one isn't there yet. So, I mean, that's, uh, well, there's a lot of talk about what mean, makes one better than the other. And no doubt about it. It's not even a comparison to my opinion. Like you need to get trends, man. You need to get trends. Honestly, and I assume they will. I'll trade trends for Jameis one of one. It's, this is exactly the thing. This is the price. This is precisely the, the argument that people are making. Andy is like, it ain't perfect. But the, the, there's a lot of toxic individuals that spread hate and lies like Jameis one of one. Oh, if you think that's not coming to threads, you're out of your mind. Well, it might be coming, but it's not there yet. They get trends. It's a game changer. Like 
honestly, the number one thing for me, and this was, this is the exact same. This is what drove me off of Twitter for the most part is like, stop showing me other people. Like, like make my feed, my feed. Why do well, I follow but, people? Well, they're doing that too. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. So, so That's what I'm saying yeah. make, but, and, and I don't know if they're just doing that because they have to figure out how to populate your feed because you only followed X amount of people so far and they still want your feed to be full. But you remember back in the day, OG Twitter, if your feed was just, if you followed eight people, those are the people you saw on your feed. You didn't see shit. Like, give me the option. Is I just want to see the people. Why is there a follow button on any of these sites? If you're giving me other things. I don't know. Like trends, like you get trends on there. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm obs- I, I've I've been I've been really leaning into the Wendy's feed. It's pretty it's so funny. I recommend everybody follow that, man. It makes me laugh. Like those fuckers know what they're doing over at Wendy's. Is that a is that a is that a case study for how Gold Star's Twitter will be run? Maybe. Is Gold Star on Threads? Yep. <laughs> there we go. I I I I don't I don't want to bore people. I have done so much studying of of Wendy's in the last month on all their socials. They're they're brilliant, like brilliant. That's how you should run a company social media feed. And I don't know if you know how much they're interacting and messaging at Zuckerberg on Threads. Like everything they're doing is funny. Yeah, and it's smart. And uh, it's just very well executed. I have reposted one thing on threads. Everything else is my own content. I've reposted one thing. And this, this again, again, like I said about Jameis one of one and all the other fucking lying propaganda fucking accounts will probably move over there at some point. Um, but this was my one repost, and I think it tells you everything about like the current s- sort of utopiaish state. Um, Kelly Ryan, who's a comedian, uh, threaded the second the Taylor Swift fans show up, this is done. <laughs> I was like, "Yep, one hundred percent." Well, they will. They will. They will. They they'll show up. Jameis, one of one, will show up. They'll all show up. Yeah, I mean, look, everybody, everybody joins. I mean, it took me long enough. I'm on TikTok now. Yeah. So you can message me at Joe Prano on everything, Andy Ruther at Andy Ruther on everything, us at the Dirty Sports on everything, and let us know. You coming to New Orleans? Let us know. You coming to see me in Atlantic City, August 4th and 5th at uh, Atlantic City Comedy Club inside the Claridge. Coming to see me in Colorado uh, the week of August 13th to the 20th, Boulder, Denver, Steamboat Springs. Let us know. Love to see you at all these places. Yeah, let's let's turn up there, balls. Let's turn. Let's get turned. Let's turn up. Let's turn out. Let's make it happen. Easiest commute ever for a Millie. Oh yeah. Oh dude yeah. Shut up and dude showed up in Cincinnati. December sixteenth. Mark it down. All right, guys, that's our show. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back on Thursday. Have a great start to your week. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>